Well, thank you. You are listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. We're going to be focusing on a few different recording sessions that were done largely in the uh, fall of 1934 with some related groups. And this was kind of an interesting little period in small group recording history. It was right before the uh, beginning of the swing era. And uh, we have some uh, different types of music that were looking back to the earlier days of jazz in New Orleans. And the uh, linking factor on all of these recordings is the trumpeter, a fellow named Wingy Manone, who was uh, a very uh, lively character, I think you'd have to say. He was born in 1900 in New Orleans. He lost an arm early on as a boy in a streetcar accident, having to do with some careless play, I think. And uh, he played left-handed because he only had one arm, hence the name. Uh, he was very much... Uh, a showman in the New Orleans sense. He played in a kind of a Louis Armstrong-derived style. He had been recording from the middle 1920s in St. Louis and New Orleans and different places. He was known as a very good lead uh, player in a Dixieland or New Orleans-style ensemble. He was a white player who had a lot of influence from the African-American musicians he grew up listening to. And he had a very lively and active recording career in the 1930s. He had several bands on 52nd Street, all kind of treading uh, the, the differences between swing and traditional jazz. Uh, but we're going to hear him a little bit before that. And this is when he was freelancing in New York. He had been in Chicago and different places. And uh, he put a band together of largely other New Orleans white musicians uh, to play music in that style. And we started out with two recordings that were actually test pressings. They were unreleased. They were recorded in June of 1934. Uh, test pressings for the DECA company. And DECA was uh, just about to launch. DECA started in the fall of 1934 and uh, uh, made a lot of recordings with great jazz bands while its director, Jack Capp, tried to figure out what would sell. And we're going to be hearing a number of DECA recordings coming up. But as I said, these first two were test pressings. And they were done under the title of the New Orleans Rhythm Kings, which was a... Uh, a trailblazing white jazz group in Chicago in the early 1920s, largely uh, New Orleans uh, natives in that group, people like Leon Rapolo, Paul Marez, uh, George Brunus, and so forth. And uh, they had spent two or three years recording and playing in Chicago at the Friars Inn and different places before returning to New Orleans, where they stuck around for another few years before the band broke up. In the middle 1930s, it was reconstituted to one degree or another, and the recordings we just heard featured the trombone player Santa Pecora, who was the trombone player in New Orleans with this group and made a number of recordings. We also heard Wingy Manone, of course, on trumpet. Sidney Aridon, who was a very interesting clarinet player who played with a number of black and white jazz groups in New Orleans. In fact, it's unclear whether he was African-American or not. He might have been an African-American who was passing and played in uh, groups like the Jones Collins Astoria Hot 8 with Louis Prima's band, so forth. Very original clarinet player and a good songwriter as well. He was uh, the collaborator with Hoagie Carmichael on the standard tune Up the Lazy River. We also heard Eddie Miller on tenor sax. Uh, he, along with pianist Gil Bowers and uh, guitarist Nappy Lamar, were at that time playing with the Ben Pollock Band, which was just about to break up uh, and reunite under uh, the name of Bob Crosby. And uh, many of these players that we're going to hear a little bit later on and in another broadcast were um, charter members of the Bob Crosby Band. We're also going to hear a fellow named Bob White on drums. No bass player is listed. Uh, it might be Bonnie Pottle if there is one in there, but uh, might not be one. And the two tunes we heard were the New Orleans Standards Panama and the Tin Roof Blues. <laughs> ¶¶ 
done by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. So we're going to continue with one tune also from the same session, that uh, unreleased test pressing date in June of 1934. All of these recordings, I should say, were made in New, or in New York. rather. This recording was Shine, the Louis Armstrong tune. The tune itself went back to the 1910s. Uh, this is a quartet. Wingy Minone on trumpet and vocal, Sidney Ariden on clarinet, Nappy Lamar on guitar, and Gil Bowers on piano. And uh, that uh, is an interesting recording, which will lead us into the fall, September 12th of 1934. 1934, the same group, the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. The uh, quartet version was called, uh, was credited to the Four Bales of Cotton, for what it's worth. So then into September, and some of the first recordings for the new Decca Company. We're going to hear the New Orleans Rhythm Kings, this time with Wingy Manone. George Bruni's on trombone. He was the original trombone player with the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. Sidney Arden on clarinet. Terry Shand on piano. Benny Pottle, or Bonnie Pottle, sometimes credited, on bass, and Bob White on drums. We're going to hear the San Antonio Shout, which was a, uh, a tune that was credited to Wingy Manone. It was uh, kind of a takeoff on a pop tune called There'll Come a Day. And uh, actually, I take it back, it was partly Wingy Manone, but it was credited uh, primarily to Sidney Aridon in this case. Then we're going to hear another... Uh, well, actually, we're going to hear a recording of the Jazzmy Blues, another great jazz standard from this style period. And then the re-recordings of the two tunes we already heard, the Tin Roof Blues and Panama. So all those by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. First, we're going to hear Shine, the Four Bales of Cotton. Then, those four tunes by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. San Antonio Shout, Jazzmy Blues, Tin Roof Blues, and Panama. <laughs> Just because my teeth are pearly, just because I always wear a smile, like to dress up ladies' style. Shine, that's what they call me. So raise me, da 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 da
take it, Hilton. Take it, Gil Bowers. You got it. Just because my color's shaded makes no difference, baby. That's why they call me shy. Now we all got it.
So these recordings are kind of interesting. Uh, in 1934, this was before what was called the Dixieland Revival, certainly, and before some of the uh, notable traditional jazz bands of the 30s started recording, Eddie Condon's band, Muggsy Spanier, so forth. So this is kind of uh, a transitional group that generally doesn't get talked about in this style. So we started out with Shine, the Four Bales of Cotton, a vocal by Wingy Minone and Nappy Lamar, and if there was a third voice, I guess it was Gil Bowers, the piano player. Sidney Arden uh, is really the instrumental star on all of these. He was an outstanding clarinet player with a very original style. Uh, a dark, kind of reedy sound um, with a, a very declarative uh, way of, of putting the notes. He almost sounded more like a Chicago-style player than a New Orleans one. So after Shine, we heard the San Antonio Shout, Jasmine Blues, Tin Roof Blues, and Panama, all featuring those musicians along with George Bruni's on trombone and uh, Bonnie Pottle on bass. Actually, Terry Shand was the piano player in that case, and Bob White on drums. And all of them get, uh, with the exception of the bass and drums, I suppose, get uh, good solo innings there. And all, for the most part, jazz standards. As I said, San Antonio Shout has been sometimes credited to Wingy Minone, but here was Sidney Aridon, and probably was he. Wingy did not read music, so he didn't play in any big bands. He led small groups for most of his life after uh, the swing era kind of pooped out, he ended up on the West Coast where he continued doing uh, jazz groups uh, in the New Orleans style. He was on radio shows. He was a, a funny guy, so he was a comic foil for Bing Crosby for a while and uh, ended up in Las Vegas. He lived into the 1980s, a very long life considering uh, how it was lived. He uh, was uh, definitely a, 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 a pedal to the metal liver, and he uh, had a lot of interesting stories associated with him as well, but uh, had a long life and was still recording up in until the very end as well. So we're going to go on to another session. I should also mention those were all done for DECA, as will be the next session from about two weeks later, September 26th of 1934, also credited to the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. And uh, these two sessions, uh, and one that followed in February of 1935 that we're not going to do today, uh, were some of DECA's first recording sessions. And as I mentioned, Jack Cap, who founded the American version of DECA right at this time, was obviously looking around for some hit recordings and some artists who would sell records. And uh, New Orleans Rhythm Kings did these three sessions, I guess, and that was uh, about it for them, but they were in good company. Uh, Fletcher Henderson's band, uh, Earl Hines' band, Clarence Williams, Tiny Bradshaw, they all did one or two sessions each and, uh, and then were dropped because of low sales, I suppose. Eventually, the salvation of Decca Records came in the person of Bing Crosby, uh, the Mills Brothers, and Louis Armstrong, who were long-term um, participants in Decca. A little bit later, we had Bob Crosby and Wingy, uh, or rather, um, Woody Herman uh, were big sellers for Decca, and Count Basie for a while as well. So our next session for Decca, as I said, September 26th of 1934, has basically the same group. In fact, not basically, it is the same group. Wingy Minone, George Brunus, Sidney Arden, Terry Shand, Bonnie Pottle, and Bob White. And they're going to do four tunes that were associated, oddly, with the original Dixieland Jazz Band, which was a predecessor of the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. We're going to hear Blue and the Blues, uh, the Ostrich Walk, the original Dixieland One Step, and Sensation. And uh, as I said, all of these were, were premiered by the original Dixieland Jazz Band in the late 1910s, some of the first jazz recordings ever made. Then, with the same group, uh, possibly the addition of Nappy Lamar on guitar, in October 3rd of 1934, about a week later, 
Uh, for OK rec Records, we're going to hear uh, another tune, the Royal Garden Blues. This one was uh, actually premiered by the original Dixie and the Jazz Band as well, but it became a jazz standard that was recorded by just about everybody. So those are our tunes going forward. The New Orleans Rhythm Kings, Blue and the Blues, Ostrich Walk, Original Dictionary, One Step and Sensation, and in the case of Royal Garden Blues for OK, Wingy Manone and his orchestra, the first of a long series of recordings under his name uh, that were more New Orleans-based. <laughs> Thank you. 
you'd have to call this a revivalist band to a certain degree because they were uh, revisiting the repertoire of a band that was 15 years old at that point of the original Dixieland Jazz Band, even though this band was called the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. So we started out with Blue and the Blues, an almost entirely uh, instrumental, or rather ensemble performance, as the original Dixieland Jazz Band did it. Then we went to Ostrich Walk. We heard a piano solo, in this case by Terry Shand, a uh, piano player who sort of was partly Western swing and regular swing and Dixieland and what have you. He was from Texas, I believe, and a great trumpet solo by Wingy Minone. Then the original Dixieland One Step, uh, which featured George Brunes on trombone. He had been on... Uh, all of the early recordings of the New Orleans Rhythm Kings and had played with Ted Lewis and a number of other groups. Uh, he had just come back to New York where he was going to do mostly small group stuff for the rest of his career. Also, the great clarinet of Sidney Aridon. His, his playing is really a revelation to those of us who uh, know this style of jazz, a very original player. And all of those uh, performers, worthies, are featured on the next tune, Sensation, which is also a lot of ensemble, but short solos interspersed. And then we went to that um, uh, OK session from a couple of days, or about a week later, October 3rd of 1934, and we heard the Royal Garden Blues. Same band, pretty much. Possibly a little guitar in there in the background by Nappy Lamar, who was still with uh, the... Ben Pollock Band, at least for a few more weeks before it became the uh, Bob Crosby Orchestra. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. This is the Jazz Focus. We are here on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. We are playing this, these series of sessions by the New Orleans Rhythm Kings and Wingy Minone and his orchestra, all featuring some New Orleans natives. Wingy Minone, uh, George Brunus, Sidney Aridon, Nappy Lamar, other players as well. We heard some Eddie Miller, we heard some Santa Pecora. And we're going to finish off with the three tunes from the balance of the October 3rd session for OK, Wingy Minone and his orchestra. In this case, Santa Pecora is back on trombone. We heard him on Royal Garden Blues as well. And uh, he's going to be featured on the next three tunes. We're going to hear Just One Girl, which was uh, a tune by the pianist Terry Shand, and then two tunes by Santa Pecora, She's Crying For Me, and Zero, which was also known as I Never Knew What a Good Gal Could Do. So this is Wingy Minone and his orchestra, and uh, hope you enjoy the balance of the program. Just One Girl, She's Crying For Me, and Zero.